Greeting, reading of chapter 11, Mark. Jesus' triumph entry. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the villages over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. The two disciples left and found the coat standing in the street, tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying that coat? They said that what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the coat to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David! Praise God in highest heaven. Let's go ahead and do that together, please. Say, praise God. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in the highest heaven. Amen. Now, let's have a commentary on that. It says, As we suffer the pain of our addictions, we often look for instant relief. We wish someone would come and sweep all our problems away. The Judeans were expecting the same kind of deliverance from their Messiah. They wanted a glorious political king to ride into Jerusalem and sweep the Romans out of power. Instead, Jesus came riding on a lowly donkey in peace. God does not offer instant cures. He works our recovery through a process of personal growth. From the inside out, he helps us recognize our sins and our need for help. And he gives us the strength to take the necessary steps toward recovery. The barren fig tree that's coming up in verses 12 through 19 of chapter 11 of Mark. Is analogous (laughs) to people without spiritual fruit. Even though the fig tree appeared healthy, if it didn't produce fruit as it was designed to, then it had no real reason to exist. If the temple did not produce true worship and prayer, but only ill-gotten gain for the money changers, then the temple had to be judged and cleansed. It is similar for us in recovery. If our lives in recovery are not bearing fruit of new behavior patterns, then we need to examine ourselves and consider if our faith is sincere. If we only are only going through the motions, then our attempts for recovery are worthless. Wow, that's a loaded question. You know, first of all, we do act even though we're not feeling it. 
so that our emotions will kind of like starting an old engine. You know, acting as if is a, is a principle that I, I found success in. If you carry the book around with you, the recovery book, and open it whenever you can, your subconscious mind is so powerful, it will want to know what are you carrying around. Because it, it, it's, it's starving for instructions, our subconscious mind. One of the reasons I, I drink and use is because I don't have enough information in my pea brain to keep it occupied. Well, it might not be for all of us, but I believe that's a lot of us. I was starving for inf literature information when I came into the program. Okay, let's go ahead and read 12 to 19. Jesus curses the fig tree. The next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf in full leaf, a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. But they were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves, and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. He said to them, The scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. When the leading priests and teachers of the religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning how to kill him. But they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed at his teaching. That evening, Jesus and the disciples left the city. The next morning, as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything if you believe that you receive it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Amen. Now, in verses 20 to 25, God wants us to pray for His will to be done in our lives as much as He wants us to pray for fruitfulness in His kingdom work. It is God's will, however, to remove mountains of resistance or denial from our lives. God has the power to do miracles, but not if we doubt Him. The God of the kingdom and of recovery is the God of the impossible. If we want God to work a miracle of healing in our lives, we must pray and believe that he will. We need to admit our helplessness and put our lives into God's hands. He will then 
walk with us as we face each new step and recovery. You know, sometimes I feel like the fig tree, like I don't understand the instructions, and then I get cursed by, uh, not by God, but by society, you know. I didn't know the instructions, so I wasn't ready. I was acting like I had it made, you know, like I, I knew what I was doing. So I don't understand, and I still don't understand. All I see is that I receive mercy and grace and favor and forgiveness in time of need. I see that much. I see the evidence of supply is where my love and respect comes to my God who does all things for me. Amen. But this thing about believing, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea when you talk to a mountain and it will happen. You must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. You know, it comes to my mind when I drove from, I used to live in Sacramento and I drove to San Jose to listen to a Christian businessman that had 11 businesses in 11 countries. And he would fly on his private jet, him and his wife. And they had like a condo in there where they would sleep. And the pilots would take them from city to city, destination from country to country. And when I went to go here, he was just a regular Joe, him and his wife. And the things that I remember, he said, he said, we keep telling you, if you want your business to grow and expand, go and take a look at the dreams that the business will buy. The fruit of you that you have done good in your business, for instance, Buying a second home, buying a ranch, buying a first home, getting a nice vehicle, getting the proper tools to run your business properly, a warehouse, you know. Uh, if you need an airplane, aviation, your own private airplane, and things on that nature. So what I'm saying is, according to this verse, we need to believe it. So the man said, if you go and touch the material, the the nice clothing, the wool clothing, that you'll feel better as you make your presentation. If you buy, go and before you buy it and believe you have it, go and test run it. Test run that car. Put your hands on the new car. Get on that vehicle. Be bold enough to act like you can pay for it cash. Walk in there like you own the place because you're all prayered up. It'll take you some time. At first, you'll go in there and you apologize for being in there. You explain. Then the second time, you'll go in there and you'll say, well, I'm dream, dream building. You know, third time you go in there, you really don't care what they think. They're just employees. You just want to put your hands on the car and get in them and smell it. And uh, and pretty closer, you're believing it so much, you're in, in the truck and you say, ah, I'm going to pay cash, none of this $700 a month thing. Uh, you're just helping yourself to believe. Then I believe it gets to a point where you can just close your eyes and start believing you're, you're seeing yourself paying cash for that vehicle, for that house, for that airplane, or for the new pair of shoes, or for the glasses that you need, or the new iPad. Just seeing yourself repeating that over and over, say half hour a day, and believe that you have it after you prayed for it. And of course, we have to forgive 
the people that we are wrong, and that's a tough one, and be cleansed of any uh, anger towards another person. Just relax. And even if the person hasn't forgiven you, even if the person you have not approached the person, just start praying for the person for their for their welfare. Pray for their happiness, their health, and their prosperity, you know, for 45 days. And that should melt the resistance and cause you to be in cahoots, cause us to be in cahoots with the Father and have our prayers answered. So after a while, you'll just think of something with joy, and that's prayer enough, that's a wish, and it'll start to appear within hours. Just think of something you need with joy. Oh, I need to replace this thing. Oh, I need to be you know, better equipped for this, for the work of God, or whatever, to service others. Amen. Okay, moving right along. God wants us to pray for His will to be done in our lives as much as He wants us to pray for fruitfulness in the kingdom work. It is God's will, however, to remove mountains of resistance or denial from our lives. God has the power to do miracles, but not if we doubt Him. The God of the kingdom and of recovery is the God of the impossible. If we want God to work a miracle of healing in our lives or financial miracle, or a confidence miracle, where we are confident that God is God, He is God, and He and He is promoting us and working among us. And we pray and believe that He will. We need to admit that we can't do it without Him. And we put our lives into God's hands that He will instruct us, teach us, and help us to walk in confidence, assurance that he will provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory, according to his plans, you know, in development of the people around us. Amen. Sounds good to me. I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy the tape. <laughs> My own tape. Okay, one more time and we'll move on. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. In other words, have trust in God. Uh, rely on him. Say words like, we rely on the Father for this. Say that. Say, I rely on the Father for this. And then put your hands on the on the item. If it's a pickup truck, I, we rely on the Father with it. And agree with somebody. Have your, your significant other pray with you. Say, we rely on the Father for this. And we're thankful for the joy that it's going to bring us. Amen. Hallelujah. I tell you the truth, Jesus says, you can say to this mountain, doubt, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and unbelief be thrown out, and it will happen. You must really believe as a child, and it will happen, and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything if you believe that you receive it. It will be yours. See yourself as a little child. See yourself receiving a promise, being really joyful. I remember when my son was about, I don't know, about eight years old or seven, and he would uh, make a suggestion that we stop off for ice cream or something like this, and I was in a hurry. And then I would tell him, he was in, way in the back of the gas in the station wagon. At that time, they didn't have to have seatbelts. And he goes, Dad, and then I would tell him, We will see, son. We will see. 
And then he'd be so excited and he'd tell the other kids, all right, all right, my, my dad said, we will see. <laughs> and that was enough for him to have faith and make me chuckle. And I would turn in and get all the kids some ice cream in that sense, you know. So we will see and believe, folks. We will see. Let us not harden our hearts too hard that we cannot believe that God wants us to be like little children for the kingdom of God. Let us rejoice for our Father. It gives him great pleasure to give us the kingdom of God. Amen. If it's not in the Word of God, don't take it from a preacher that's saying, you know, you're not to believe. If you give, don't believe you're going to receive. You know, and uh, they just... There's plenty of rewards of Scripture in the Bible that we can hang on to. Don't let someone that has not lived in poverty and has never been hungry tell you what the Bible says. Your stomach and your common sense will let you know what it says. God says, I gave you power to get income, to increase, so you can establish my covenant. What is his covenant? Of course, his covenant is amplifying and publishing the word of God, either physically, mentally, financially, socially, helping anybody. That is his will to get the word of God out to other people. Amen. And then at the same time, you can have a ball. You can go get your ATC, your motorcycle, and enjoy life. You know, it's... Enjoy God's creation. Hey, man, let's get excited about this. He owns every cattle. He owns every hot rod on the hill. It was up to me. I get a Raptor, a Ford Raptor with plenty of power and, and guts and get up and go and put and tell him God did it. He provided for me. Again, uh, verse 27. Again, they entered Jerusalem as Jesus was walking through the temple area. The leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders came up to him. They demanded, by what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right to do them? I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. If you answer one question, Jesus replied, did John's authority to baptize came from heaven? Or was it merely human? Answer me. They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask, why didn't you believe John? But do we dare say it was merely humans? For they were afraid of what the people would do because everyone believed that John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. And Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Remember, if we want God to work a miracle of financial healing, job, family, uh, doing his will or direction in our lives, we must pray and believe that he will. We must pray and believe. We need to send out the signal out there or the frisbee, throw the frisbees into heaven 
and the frisbee will come back with the answer. We need to practice believing and then ask God to increase our belief and take away our doubting, our helplessness. We must believe in the Spirit, guys. That's why it's so tricky to believe in the Spirit. And the best way to do that is get yourself a little Bible book of promises, you know, for your pocket, where they have nothing but Bible, uh, little Bible promises that are good for, you know, remind you of this. Little scriptures. Amen. Please, not this, pray, heal her. That's on Numbers 12, 13. Amen. There's all kinds of, all kinds of uh, good scriptures. Amen. Rising early the next morning, he went off to a lonely place in the desert where he was absorbed in prayer, Mark 135. When he sent them away, he went up on the mountain by, by himself to pray, re, remaining there alone as even drew, Mark 14.23 or Mark 6.46. He often retired to the desert place and prayed, Luke 5.16. Then he went out to the mountain to pray, spending not in the night in communion with God, Luke 6, 12. One day when Jesus was praying in seclusion and the disciples were with him, he put the question to them, who do the crowds say I am? You know, I really believe in that passage that they had a voice out what they believed Jesus was in order for them to, to get to, to fulfill the scriptures. Everything has, be, has to be shouted out loud with confidence so the word of God can be established. So we have to shout out loud with confidence the promises of God. Remember John? In John 7, 37 and 38, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jude... Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, Rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he was said living waters, verse 39, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him but the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not entered into his glory. So that's one thing I do believe that, folks, because we have the Holy Spirit, we say yes, we have to acclimate out loud the promises of God in order to have them. Like, for my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. For greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. No weapon formed against me will prosper. But whatever I do will prosper in the name of the Lord. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. 
I am a world overcomer because I am born of God. Amen and amen.